Hello, Charlie here from the British English Podcast. This is a bonus episode and it is the second one. What What are you doing that voice for, mate? You sound like a right muppet. Do the episode with your normal, slightly posh voice. All right? Oh, sorry about that. Hangover from last episode. Okay. Well, you heard the man. Welcome to the show. The show that gives you British culture and British English, especially for non-native adult learners. I say adult as there can be strong language. Now, today's episode is with Harry, who I run the YouTube channel Real English with Real Teachers with. So, Harry kindly joined me to discuss what it was like growing up in the UK. I chose this topic as communication is often based on references and memories. So, knowing a little about what life was like as a young person in the UK should help you to feel more comfortable when talking with native British people. I should mention our age for this reason. So we are both 30 at the time of this recording and the episode being published, meaning we were born in the 90s or specifically 1990. So the 90s and the noughties, as they call it, from 2000 to 2009, uh, the 90s and the noughties is the time frame in which we grew up in in the UK. Before we dive into this conversation, um, I should say we digress very often, meaning we go off on a different area and uh, we do this for very long periods of time. So apologies if you get annoyed with that, but I would say it's extra listening practice, isn't it? So um, it's a bonus, let's say. And yes, this is a bonus episode. Remember to get the free vocabulary worksheets for this episode. And you can do that by heading over to the webpage for this episode, which you should be able to see in the show notes of your favorite podcast app or simply type in the British English podcast dot com. And you'll be able to find all the podcasts in the tab at the top of the page that says listen to the podcast. Right. So enjoy the conversation with myself and Harry and find out what it was like to grow up in the UK. So the noughties, the noughties began when Harry and I turned 10. So we had a decade living in the 90s and boy, did we tear it up, didn't we, Harry? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were crazy kids, crazy kids getting into trouble. Um, And that's exactly what tear it up means, isn't it? If if you're tearing it up, it's like you're you're having lots of fun um, and maybe getting into trouble. Mm hmm. So you said, boy, boy, did we tear it up. It's quite common to say boy at the start to um, to emphasize it. Boy, did we tear it up. Mm, Yeah. Could you say girl? Turn up the volume, girl. Well, you could could be like, hey, girl. (laughs) You could. You could. Yeah. You you go, girl. You go, girl. Yes. Yeah. These are these are things that. People say, <laughs> but yeah, you can't really replace it in the same way. But you, you know, we should maybe push for it because it's all about equality in this day and age. We're coming exactly. up to the twenties for Pete's sake. <laughs> That's a good expression. So, for Pete's sake, is another way of saying 
For God's sake. Yeah. For God's sake. And it is literally Pete, isn't it? Like the, the name Pete. I think so. Name, I Pete. think so, yeah. I don't know who Pete <laughs> is, but... Um, yeah. Obviously someone quite important. I mean, maybe Peter Pan or... <laughs> Peter Pan! All right, well, that brings us on to uh, Disney films in the 90s. So Peter Pan... That was surely Ooh. in the 90s. That was definitely... Unless it crept in late 80s. Um, so, with the, well, the story of Peter Pan is really old, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But obviously we were reading that in the 90s. But what I remember from the 90s was the film um, about Peter Pan. It was called Hook. Do you remember that? Oh, okay. Hook, yeah. I, I actually didn't like... The idea of look, uh, watching that, I, I watched the original, or what I thought was the original Peter Pan Disney film. But when Hook came out, I thought, what's all this trying to change Peter Pan? What's, what's wrong with the, orig- the original? I, I sat down and I watched the original, in my eyes, again, when it came out. I was like, protesting. Did you? Yeah. So... I just I just looked up the date of Hook and it came oh out God, in, so in 1991. So at the age of one, were you already this critical of cinema? <laughs> and I said that uh, the Disney Peter Pan came out maybe late 80s. Did you see what date it is? No. 1953. Uh, <laughs> so it was probably in black and white. No, 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 no. It had colour. That's impressive. It's probably the... But they had colour. Yeah. It was really yeah, I good. think it is... I think it's impressive that you actually um, liked it and appreciated it at such a young age, Charlie. I'm surprised. Yeah. I thought you would be, oh, where are the special effects? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, they were... Where are all the drones? It, there were plenty, you know, no drones, no drones. But no drones needed. I remember they swooped down they, when they were flying. They were, yeah, they were going all over the place. But it was, it was Disney. So, um, yeah. It, they were strings. They were strings attached. <laughs> it wasn't real people. <laughs> oh, they weren't real people? No, it was Disney. So, oh, it was a cartoon um, film. Mm. I see. Okay. To swoop down. This is a really good phrasal verb. Um, this is what birds do when they come from the sky and they they fly down low. Mm. Maybe then f- fly back up. They swoop down from the sky, maybe to um, eat some food or to poo in my chips. Oh, lovely, lovely, yeah. And if they often do this behaviour, they could be called a swooping bird. A swooping bird. There you go. Yeah. Because yeah. I was attacked by a swooping bird not too long ago that you may have oh, seen yeah. on Instagram, Harry. You were attacked by a swooping bird? Yeah. I didn't I didn't see that. No, no I missed that. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Do tell, do tell. Well, uh there's this bird that is very um territorial, so it protects its nest. And uh People have helmets in Australia with really long spikes that defend against this swooping bird because they're a, the swooping bird is afraid of, of going near it or maybe it feels like it's going to hit them, but it's just the spike. Uh, 
But two Brits, me and Stacey, coming along, going to the park with the dog, we were none the wiser. We didn't know. We didn't know what we were doing. So we walk up towards this bird and it launches itself into the sky and swoops firstly at the dog and then comes back multiple times really aggressively at us and we actually had to run it felt like we were in jurassic park it was, it was <laughs> i was quite excited because I, I was disappointed by the amount of the lack of snakes and spiders that i've seen not that i want to see them but i just thought you know i want it to live up to its name australia i want to be a bit scared and then this swooping bird i thought wow this is yeah this would never happen in england i'm scared of a bird yeah no yeah you can't imagine like pigeons and uh pigeons are swooping down like that although i have occasionally had a pigeon they do swoop they do swoop a little bit but they're quite they're quite shy aren't they pigeons <laughs> you know if you if you run towards a big group of pigeons <laughs> kicking <laughs> which harry does every uh, friday they... <laughs> and wednesdays basically on market days because that's when i'm in town and that's when all the pigeons <laughs> gather around so i i go into town and i find big swarms of um pigeons and run you, towards I can them. Imagine you throw up rice in the air for them to come down <laughs> and eat and then die and then during that eating process, you come through. I throw rice up, they all fly, and then I just run through punching. Um, but I actually had a similar issue, but not with swooping birds. Um, well, actually, no, there was a sweeping bird. I was, I was on a holiday with a friend of mine, and we had just ordered our pizzas. And we were waiting for them. Um, I think she had ordered a pepperoni pizza. And the moment they put the pepperoni pizza down on the table, a bird pooed on her pizza. So literally the moment that the pizza was was on her table, um, a bird poo fell onto uh, the pizza. And that was done by a swooping bird. Oh, no. That's awful. Was that recent? Yeah, it was in Broadstairs. Yeah. The moment the pizza came out, it was put down on the table. A bird swooped down and shat on it. Just <laughs> poof. And then he, and the, the waiter just said, shall I get you another one? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you another one. Oh, so, wow. It was so funny. It's great. That is hilarious. And there was, there was poo, poo splatter on my glass as well. Oh. I just wiped it off. Was it a big seagull? It, it was a seagull. Uh, I don't know how big it was. I didn't actually see the culprit. See Come the back culprit. here. I want to measure your, your wingspan. Yeah, and, and your anus. <laughs> the culprit. The culprit. So that's the guilty party, the guilty thing, which did something. <laughs> you didn't expect that, Charlie. <laughs> oh. Just very random. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, because the size of the poo. I want to see what was capable of laying such a huge shit. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> Normally, a bigger bird means a bigger anus. But if you really want to go poking around well, in a bird's bum, then be my guest. Not, not always, Charlie. Not always. 
just going to take a break right now as I want to remind you how to get the most out of this episode. So firstly, we have the free worksheet for this part of this episode, which will help you learn and memorize some of the really good phrases we've been using in part one. If you wanted to listen to the full episode with parts two and three, and you wanted to get your hands on the manually edited transcripts for all of these parts, the full glossary of all the phrases that we've been using that are intermediate to advanced, and then the flashcards for you to take away and use on the go, then you'd want to check out the very affordable premium podcast membership, which gives you access to a lot more than just what I've mentioned. Right. So if you want to take this podcast episode and turn it into a structured lesson online, then go over to the BritishEnglishPodcast.com. If not, make sure you get the free worksheet over on the website. And uh, yeah, that is enough of a break. Let's get back to the conversation. All right. So, Charlie, do you want to start us off? With yeah, the well, actually, you've kind of you've kind of touched on one. Um, do you remember the days of, of ever going to the coast with the family or going on terrible or at least mediocre family holidays for the long weekend or or maybe just a shitty summer holiday? <laughs> yeah, I do. Because, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because there were a lot of them for me in my first 10 years of, of life. I wasn't okay. given a proper holiday until I was actually 10. I went to Australia and that was really big. But um, yeah, for the first, first 10 years, we went to Scotland four times, Wales twice, and the south of England a bunch of times as well. And I just remember the ice cream vans, the... The wind in your face and the sand as well. Um, and we've also got, a, um, I think it's quite a British thing. We have this um, pop-up uh, wall that we put in the beach or on the, in the sand on the beach. And I've not seen that in any other country. And it might be because the weather is so bad, we'd really just want to try and remove one, one element that we can, which is the wind. So we put up this, this wall... And it's made of sort of, I don't know, like plasticky woven texture. Um, But yeah, do you remember that? I do, I do, yeah. I actually don't think my family ever had one. I don't think we could afford them. Uh. I'm (laughs) I'm joking, of course we could. They're probably only about five pounds. But yeah, a pop-up wall, a wind blocker, maybe we could call it. Yeah. Um, I do, I remember seeing seeing families using them. Uh, and I remember those crap holidays. Um, it's funny that you, you said, like, I didn't have a proper holiday until I was 10. Because that is still a, a holiday. Uh, but as English people, we don't consider it a real holiday unless we leave the country. Unless it's we true. go somewhere which is significantly hotter. It's true. Uh, but in Spain, they would... I mean, they have a nice hot country, so they would just go to the coast and that would be an amazing holiday for them. But yeah. it's not amazing for us until we leave the country. That's yeah. very British, isn't it? That is very British because, again, Americans or Australians, they've got so much um, variation in their country that they can go on a road trip and, and have a completely different experience. 
But for us, the, the bare minimum would be getting on the ferry to France. And that would, that would be oh, classed yeah. as a holiday. But <clears throat> that is the and, minimum. And, yeah, that's true. That's, um, I remember going on the beach um, and uh, what we used to do was dig a hole. Uh, that we, we, <laughs> we spent lots of time digging a hole. And then we would put, a, so we would lay ta- a towel over the hole to, to make it seem like, the, you know, the towel was just laid down flat. So then someone would come back from being in the sea or maybe going to get everyone an ice cream. They would sit down or lie down even better and they'd fall into the hole. That was very fun. That uh, is a very, very uh, typical Harry prank, I can imagine, when you were younger. <laughs> that, you were, that, was, that was the height of your happiness, I think, in those, <laughs> those holiday days. That was, that was what you were waiting for. Someone to fall into my sand trap. Yeah, yeah. I remember once a guy who we didn't know um, was walking <laughs> was walking with his ice cream uh, back to his, I don't know, to his mates and he stepped on the towel and he fell into the hole. And he dropped his, his, his drink, his ice cream, went everywhere. And That's going to cost felt, him at least 99p. Oh, yeah, definitely at least 99p. And I think he had a flake as well. Oh, God, be, yeah. So we That's... said this because there's a, a really obvious advert, advert on the ice cream van that was always um, saying 99p flake. So you could buy a, an ice cream, the soft ice cream, wasn't it, uh, for, yeah. for Whip. 1p short of a pound, which is, you know, you're always going to get that. Yeah, it's so nice, that, that really soft ice cream, whippy we call it, don't we? Whippy. Yeah, whippy. Yeah. It's mm, lovely. <laughs> um, so he fell into the hole. Did you own up? To own up? To say it was me? To own up? Um, did you say, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sir. I'll buy you an ice cream. No. I think it was pretty. I didn't really need to own up. It was pretty obvious it was me. I was sitting next to the towel with a big smile on my face. Uh, probably laughing my head off. Um, so, but I think I was in shock. I felt really bad. I remember all of us, because I think it was my cousins as well. We felt really bad about it. But to be fair, why did he step on someone else's towel? You know, you you take that risk. You shouldn't. If you're walking back, don't step on someone else's towel. That's I mean, true. Lesson learned. Yeah. That is bad yeah. etiquette, I'm sure, in all countries. Don't step on someone's towel yeah. at the beach. Yeah. You're, a, yeah. you're a plonker. You're a plonker, exactly. A plonker, this is nice British slang, meaning an idiot. A plonker, you plonker, you absolute plonker. <laughs> it's very um, cockney kind of sounding word, isn't it? Yeah, plonker. yeah it is, yeah. I remember I used to go, um, every two years we would have a holiday abroad. Um, and then, you know, the, the year between that we would do something in England. Mm. Um, and we would always go to Greece. We used to always go to Greece. I remember you saying. a different island every time. 
And they were lovely. They were really nice holidays. And last night I was at my parents' house. Um, I just got back from holiday. So I went to see them. Hadn't spoke to them for a while. Hadn't spoken with them for a while. Um, it's quite common to, to say that grammatically wrong and get away with it, isn't it? I hadn't spoke with them for a while. Yeah. You, you hear that a lot. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. It's a very common native mistake. But yeah. Harry so it doesn't matter if above make... that. He corrects himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is just great for conversation. Uh, and, and they had some photos out. They had a photo album. Um, which is like a book full of photos from previous holidays and a journal which my dad had written on a holiday um, an old holiday to Paxos which is a lovely island in Greece and it was a day-to-day diary of what we did in Paxos with photos that my dad had taken on a nice old camera um, and then had the photos developed and it was so nice. And this, this lots of like stories about what we did on holiday. Um, and yeah, it's just, yeah, I thought so nice. I'd love to, to read that. But, but there's no way my dad would have written a, um, a journal about our summer holidays in England. Uh. Because they were nearly always accompanied by rain <laughs> and arguments. Yeah. Oh, a lovely overcast frame here to... Oh, got the wind block in. Wind barrier. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that was a good wind barrier, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, we forgot the spades. Never mind. We'll just use our hands. <laughs> there you go. That's very typical, isn't it, to the beach? You take a spade and a little bucket so you can make sand castles. Sand castles. They were great. They were great. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, they they're... that good. Oh, they're pretty good, but they they have stood the, the the test of time. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. My niece was in a little sand pit in her back garden last year and I was teaching her how to make sand castles. I think it's I think it's whenever, whoever, wherever. So um Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, Charlie. Uh, that's a good one. To stand the test of time, um, meaning to to remain uh, a popular thing over a long, <laughs> long period of time. Very good. So you could say, oh, wow, spades and buckets really have stood the test of time. Haven't they, they have. What else, what else has stood the test of time in, um, you know, beach products? I guess windbreakers, probably. Yeah, the wind is still very much alive in the UK (laughs) and we're going to leave part one of this episode there if you wanted to join the conversation in part two and three where we managed to waffle our way through the topics of Pokemon uh, car boot sales uh, what it was like to go to British markets uh, Gypsies even got a mention and then for part three we go on to talk about football in the 90s and uh, and then we go deep into whether boarding school would have been the right decision for Harry. Mm. So as I said before, the full length of this bonus episode 
comes with transcripts, glossaries and flashcards. So there's a lot of learning resources over on the website. If you are going to leave us there for today, then um, make sure you grab the free worksheet for part one of this episode by clicking the link below in the show notes of your podcast app or simply head over to the website, which is thebritishenglishpodcast.com. All right. My name is Charlie Baxter. Thank you for listening to the show. I wish you a week of happiness and uh, success with your English studies. And um, to borrow a a nice sign-off from a podcast I enjoy, take care of yourself and, uh, if you can, someone else too. See you soon on the British English Podcast.